The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Quite the controversy swirling in St. Albert where there are allegations that at least two of the community's fire chiefs jumped the queue and received a COVID vaccine, which was meant for frontline staff. Now, International Association of Firefighters Local 2130 President Warren Grezik says some witnessed the chiefs at vaccination clinics or were part of conversations where it was made clear administrators were inoculated. Now, all of this being revealed thanks to the intrepid reported uh, reporting from the Edmonton Journal's Lauren Boothby. She's been working on this for days now. She joins us now with more details. Lauren, thanks for uh, joining us on the show this afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Jalen. All right, let's start, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out what bet, what's the best way to approach this, and I think we need to start from the, from, the, from the very start and work our way through what's happened, especially over the past 24, 36 hours. So let's go back to the beginning. Lauren, what can you tell us about what was seen at the clinics, what was heard in the conversations that led to your story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I spoke to the union and they told me that uh, they had uh, spoken to a number of members who witnessed um, a couple, at least two of the fire chiefs getting a vaccine. Um, they have seven fire chiefs um, in St. Albert. Uh, not all of them are full chiefs. They have one top chief and then they have some deputies and assistant chiefs. Um, and they saw at least two of them. Uh, the union wouldn't tell me uh, exactly how many of them or who exactly was seen. Um, I think it's meant to kind of protect the identity of the the people maybe who saw them. Um, And they also overheard conversations where it's made clear that someone got it. Um, And this this, uh, revelation really kind of shocked the firefighters because um, most of them are paramedic firefighters. So they also have medic training and they um, are only eligible because of that medic training um, because they're out in the field um, helping COVID positive patients like with transport, um, helping them maybe bring them to the hospital or uh, it's not not just the same as other duties that firefighters have. And uh, so they're on the front lines and they're the ones that are being exposed and they were really upset to find out that uh, some of their chiefs got it when they spend almost all the time in the office and are very, very rarely in the field. Lauren, a question for you on that front. Are any of these fire chiefs, and first off, I can't believe that there's seven with, you know, kind of that designation, assistant fire chief, whatever it is in St. Albert, but first off, uh, the seven, are any of them designated as a paramedic as well? Yes, actually, all of them, uh, except for one of them, who is uh, a kind of a deputy chief uh, who was brought over from HR, all the rest of them have paramedic qualifications. Um, one of them, I think, um, had to have his registration renewed, so he's not uh, he's not registered, but all of them have those qualifications. Um, and uh, the city has told me that's because in case there was a situation where it was all hands on deck, they want them to have that designation so they can help out. However, um, they you know he told me I asked him specifically how often are they out there in the field Um, and he said like it was extremely extremely unlikely that any of them would have uh, patient contact 
So technically, with a paramedic designation, they could get uh, mm-hmm. a vaccination, but in reality, they're not on the front lines. They're not mm-hmm. with patients. And as far as, you know, I, I understand about when it comes to um, organizations like a, a fire department, something like that, I, I, leaders eat last. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Leaders eat last. And I think that that's pretty much what the union folks would be saying in this case as well is that, you know, we need to make sure that the people who are out there on the front lines are protected before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that was... Uh part of why they're so upset is because they uh, the firefighters actually got this email from one of the chiefs uh, saying that we're submitting everyone to be eligible for a vaccine but the people on the front lines are going to go first so that's the communication yeah. they got and then they find out that some of them got it before them and uh, I've spoken to some firefighters who said they can't get it now because they've run out so knowing that they you know are out in the field that some of their colleagues have got COVID um, that some of their colleagues have uh, had family members who died from COVID. And so they this is like hitting them really, really hard to see that um, the leadership has, uh, how they see it, jump the queue. Um, yeah. And uh, also yeah. I have spoken to uh, the, uh, the president of Alberta Fire Chiefs Association about this. He hadn't heard about this, so he couldn't confirm it, but he, was, he said he would be really, really surprised if something like that happened because it's not something he knows that fire chiefs would do. Would do, yeah. All right. So what has um, city administration in St. Albert said about all of this, Lauren? Uh, the city, uh, they wouldn't tell us exactly who it was. Um, the, the the union said they asked, they would expect the city would tell us who it was, but um, they haven't come out and told us about this. Um, but they did say that they're kind of trying to make it clear who is eligible. Um, and they haven't identified the chiefs uh, to us. Mm. Okay, um, and, and this continues to grow and it continues to get uh, more interesting <laughs> as the hours pass, Lauren. And again, Lauren Boothby joining us this afternoon, uh, a reporter with the Edmonton Journal. Now, um, what is going... Now, you tried to get in touch with all of the fire chiefs. Did you hear mm-hmm. from any of them? No, I uh, called all the ones that I could find uh, a public phone number for. Uh, I emailed uh, all the other ones. And yeah, no one replied. Um, actually, um, Shannon Beaton replied to tell me that I didn't email her because I put in the story that I emailed her. So I actually had to change it, say that we called her. So I did call her. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's the only person who replied. Uh, so yeah, none of them have responded to us. We'd like to, I would have really liked to hear from them though, if they got it, if they didn't get it. Um, and if, you know, maybe they got it and they think they it, it was a good, the right thing to do. And I would like to hear, you know, I just want to hear you know, the reasoning behind that by getting it or not getting it. But uh, sadly, no one has replied. No one has replied. All right. So uh, late yesterday afternoon into tomorrow or uh, late yesterday afternoon into the evening, we found out that St. Albert, uh, the fire department, appoints an acting chief and the status of the fire chief is unknown. Tell us what happened there, Lauren. Yeah, so I uh, saw a copy of an email sent out to staff Wednesday uh, afternoon, and it just said that they um, had the uh, one of the deputy chiefs was temporarily becoming the acting chief. Um, it didn't say 
where the the chief uh, chief Gretzinger went it just says um uh deputy chief scott wilde is now the temporary chief mm. it says uh we're working to a temporary transition and fire leadership over the next few weeks um and chief uh deputy chief scott wilde is taking over and he's going to do leadership um and it also lists some duties of some of the other chiefs and it kind of actually looks like it kind of shifted around shifted it around some of the duties of the other chiefs as well but um yeah i've reached out to all the chiefs again no one has responded the city actually won't confirm whether or not uh chief gretzing is still employed with them so don't really know where he is um he (laughs) the city only told me like that uh the email is true but they said, you know, he could be on vacation. He could be uh, on leave. He could be anywhere. So we don't actually know exactly where the chief is, but the uh, the firefighters have told me, multiple of them have told me that they don't usually get an email like this if someone goes on vacation. So uh, something is up, but we don't, did, unfortunately, don't want to know exactly because no one at the city will tell us about it, which I find very surprising. So you, in your in your reporting, you say that uh, Carrie Hiltz, the city's deputy chief administrator, d- administrative officer, um, talking about uh, the role changes with the uh, with the fire chiefs. But uh, when was asked who at the city could confirm the fire chief uh, Gretzinger's employment status and if it was necessary to file a freedom of information request to obtain that information, he said, even then, the city will not say can you tell us what he said Mm -hmm. after that uh what what he said after that yeah um yeah i well you know i just i called him to to ask him what's what's happening with uh the chief because i you know i think it's 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 a public institution you know they're paid with Mm -hmm. public dollars um Mm -hmm. it's not really a shocking question i think for uh the public to know whether or not someone is being paid with public dollars being employed so i just you know asked are you (laughs) is he still working with you and he wouldn't tell me he said that i would still have to he wouldn't even tell me even if i filed a freedom of information request if he's still there or not um and i thought that was kind of Mm -hmm. a shocking response from the city um yeah (laughs) i was really surprised by that yeah, and, and I'm sorry, I'm a little surprised uh, by it uh, as well. Lauren Boothby joining me uh, this afternoon. Lauren, uh, yesterday during uh, Dr. Dina Hinshaw's COVID-19 uh, news conference, you you asked a question of Dr. Hinshaw, um, you know, alluding to this, but also suggesting that you had heard about hospital administration uh, receiving COVID-19 vaccine, that nurses who might have been on leave receiving COVID-19 uh, vaccine. Um, you know, she pretty much said, you know, they're, they're, they're working off um, documents that have been sent to them and they're really putting the trust in the people who get the phone calls. Is that about summing it up right? So even if you get a phone call, but you're not, you really should be kind of taking a step back. It, it, it's up to you to say, oh, no, I don't want it right now. Let someone else, let a frontline person go. Was, was that pretty much what she said? Yeah, um, she said that there might have been some confusion with the staff list being sent out. So I know with 
St. Albert Fire, they were given a letter from AHS saying, send us a list of your staff and uh, that it would be so they can determine who is eligible for the vaccine and so they can find out who has direct patient contact. So I think it's possible that when they send out AHS Senate communication to different agencies that maybe there was some misunderstanding about mm. the information they're supposed to send over. Uh, but I, you know, I do think that it's been pretty clear the reason why people would be getting vaccinated is because they're in you know, high risk mm-hmm. of getting COVID. So someone who um, is on maternity leave or someone who's retired, it doesn't make sense for them to be getting the vaccine before, you know, like seniors or other vulnerable people um, who aren't on the list. That's why the government has said they're prioritized, right? So it's not mm-hmm. totally clear how some of these people that aren't, you know, technically eligible have got the vaccines, um, mm-hmm. but the government has said that they're trying to figure out why that's happened and try to solve the issue. So um, hopefully they do, but, you know, if anyone else hears about Q jumping, you can always email me and <laughs> I do another story <laughs> about it. Absolutely. Uh, Lauren Boothby at the Edmonton Journal, and I guess the work will continue to find out what happened to uh, St. Albert uh, Fire Chief Bernd Gretzinger. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when when you find out, well, make sure that everyone else knows. And thanks <laughs> for your great reporting, Lauren. I appreciate your time this afternoon. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jalen. Yeah, you betcha. Lauren Boothby you can check out her work at the Edmonton Journal. So there you go. Right. Uh, what do you think about it at 780-496-0063? That line I used about leaders eat last, I really do think it is uh, important to keep that in in mind, um, that if you are mainly sitting in your office, um, you know, 99% of the time sitting in your office, even though you have a designation that technically could get you a vaccine, you would want to, as a leader... As a leader, as a leader, (laughs) you would want to make sure that it is your people on the front lines who are out there every single day that get the vaccine before you do. Uh, Just before we go to break, I had told you that uh, Lauren had asked Dr. Hinshaw Uh, about this yesterday during the news conference. I want you to take a listen to her question, Dr. Hinshaw's answer. Um, How does the vaccine task force determine the priority people within all the groups that have been approved for the vaccine get one? Um, So apart from the fire chiefs in St. Albert that appear to have uh, jumped a queue and got the vaccine, I've heard of other cases where nurses who are retired or on maternity leave um, or like who expect to be gone for six months or longer, um, hospital administrators who do not have direct patient contact are getting the vaccine. Um, This seems to be against um, at least what has been said publicly about uh, who's going to be getting it and why, um, and that being because of their direct contact with people could, who could have COVID-19. So uh, is AHS making sure that the people who are getting the vaccine do ha- have direct patient contact? Um, how do you do that? And uh, if not, um, are administrators who are in offices getting vaccines before seniors and other vulnerable groups in Alberta? 
We have heard reports uh, of individuals, some of the ones that you're referencing, who uh, did receive phone calls um, for uh, making appointments for vaccines. So you may recall that in December, when we got an early shipment of vaccine and we moved forward with offering that vaccine to healthcare workers, because at that time uh, we could not move the vaccine from the location to which it was delivered, the way that we uh, operationalized that was that Alberta Health Services contacted the managers of intensive care units um, and those uh, who were listed as respiratory therapists and, and got lists of all of the people who worked in those units. And then those lists were used to make phone calls to those individuals to let them know that they were eligible for a vaccine. So there may have been times where there was a list of those who worked in a particular intensive care unit. Uh, perhaps it included somebody, as you mentioned, who'd maybe gone on leave uh, and sometimes those lists may have not been entirely up to date and what I would encourage is all of those individuals who may have gotten that phone call uh, at this point in time the eligibility notification is often going out by email so if there are healthcare workers who are getting those notifications and they know that they don't fit that criteria it likely is the result of again a list that perhaps wasn't entirely up to date and so I would encourage those individuals to let uh, AHS know that actually there was an error and they're not in that eligible category so that that vaccine can go to one of those individuals who does provide that frontline care. All right, so pretty much saying, hey, if you're on the list and you get the phone call, but even though you're not working, maybe you're on leave, whatever, you need to make sure that you say, okay, you know, the frontline people have to go, have to go first. Some of you are like, hey, big deal. Big deal. Again, I'm going to go back to this as as a leader of someone who would be on the front lines dealing with COVID patients every day. Pretty much you're sitting in your office all day that you need to make sure that your team, the people that you lead, are protected first. As I said, leaders eat last.